0: This is your host, Jared Cowan. Welcome back to another episode of On Location, an episode that is actually really much anticipated for us. This is something Ian and I, we were talking about when you kind of first came to me about the project. I I had heard your podcast, I wanted to work with you, and we were just chatting, and you sort of teased me with the behind the scenes on this movie, and I knew immediately I wanted to be a part of this episode. So I'm glad it, it worked out. Yeah, no, this was great. I'm very excited to be here, and I'll say where here is uh, in a moment, but uh, I'm glad we could put this together. Yeah. It's awesome. First, I just want to ask a question to my audience, and that is, when you think about actors who became directors, who comes to mind at first? And I'll give you a second to think about that. I mean, really, an actor who became a director who has made, I think, an indelible mark on cinema. Maybe it's Clint Eastwood, maybe it's Ron Howard, perhaps it's Penny Marshall, maybe it's Greta Gerwig. A filmmaker I've often thought of who made an impression on me is Emilio Estevez. And while you're probably most familiar with him as an actor in films like The Breakfast Club, Young Guns, and The Mighty Ducks, uh, I'm sure there are many of you who are also familiar with the fact that Estevez has directed a number of feature films and episodic television shows. My first introduction to him as a director was with the 1990 comedy Men at Work, which he wrote and co-stars in with his brother, Charlie Sheen. Uh, Estevez has directed seven feature films, and one thread that really spans all of them is his genuine interest in and love of people and their relationships with one another. That's what I take away from his movies. Uh, Take his 2018 film, The Public, which is about a group of homeless people occupying a reading room of the downtown Cincinnati Public Library on a deathly cold night, when all the city shelters are full and they have nowhere else to go, essentially, but to freeze on the streets. Estevez's 2010 film The Way is about a tattered father-son relationship that sees Estevez's real-life dad, Martin Sheen, walking the Camino de Santiago after his son, played by Estevez, dies while trying to make the famous pilgrimage from France through Spain. And along the way, Sheen's character comes into contact with people from all over the world, all seeking one common goal, but for completely individual reasons. However, Estevez's 2006 ensemble film Bobby is perhaps his strongest statement and most personal as a writer-director. The film follows a series of intersecting storylines set at L.A.'s iconic Ambassador Hotel on the day of June 4th and the early morning hours of June 5th, 1968, when, after delivering a victory speech for the California primary, Robert F. Kennedy, the 42-year-old U.S. senator from New York, was assassinated in the hotel's kitchen. And after extensive surgery, Kennedy died on June 6th, 1968. That Estevez, who, when he was five years old, shook Bobby Kennedy's hand, uh, would want to make this film is really no surprise when you look at the director's body of work. Kennedy wasn't just a political figure. Uh, Kennedy was a compassionate human being who, like Estevez, genuinely cared about people. Kennedy wanted to make the world a better place for people of all backgrounds, and yes, while the film is set against the tragic events that unfolded that night in 1968, it's about the characters working in the hotel, staying in the hotel, and campaigning for the candidate they believed in. And these characters are people of different races and creed that Kennedy affected on a personal level. And upon rewatching the film, I actually got somewhat emotional, and I'm far removed from this. I was not alive in 1968, but... Um, Watching a lot of the archival footage really affected me. There's a lot of archival footage punctuated throughout the film. In one clip, he challenges a Central California sheriff's shameful ideas that innocent immigrant farm workers should be arrested because they are, quote, ready to violate the law, but yet haven't done anything criminal. Kennedy also talks to schoolchildren about regulating auto emissions and putting an end to dumping garbage into lakes and streams. And at that moment, I actually thought back to Men at Work, in which the first shot of the movie is of yellow hazardous waste barrels being dumped into the Pacific Ocean. And Bobby has an incredible cast. I mean, the list goes on and on, and I'll name a few people. Anthony Hopkins, Sharon Stone, Demi Moore, William H. Macy, Lawrence Fishburne, Christian Slater. I'll just list everybody. Freddie Rodriguez, Helen Hunt, Martin Sheen, Elijah Wood, Heather Graham, Shia LaBeouf, Ashton Kutcher, Lindsay Lohan, Nick Cannon, Jacob Vargas, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Estevez himself, and Harry Belafonte, who actually performed at the hotel's iconic nightclub, the Coconut Grove. Bobby is also about the location as much as it is about the characters. The Ambassador Hotel opened in 1921 on Wilshire Boulevard. Before Wilshire Boulevard was a paved road, the hotel was essentially the catalyst for the area's development, which today is known as Koreatown. It was designed by notable architect Myron Hunt, who also worked on buildings at Occidental College, renovations of the historic Huntington Hotel in Pasadena, in additions to the Mission Inn in Riverside, California, amongst many other revered buildings. Equally notable architect Paul Williams designed later re- later renovations to the Ambassador Hotel. And the hotel was a beacon in the city of Los Angeles. It hosted six Academy Award ceremonies inside the Coconut Grove, which also attracted A-list performers like Frank Sinatra, Judy Garland, Sammy Davis Jr., and the list goes on and on. The death of Bobby Kennedy also coincided with a decline in the neighborhood. The hotel eventually closed in 1989 as an operating hotel, but that was not the end of The Ambassador. For about the next 15 years, it was used almost exclusively as a filming location. The hotel had hosted productions while it was an operating hotel. For example, it was used as the Taft Hotel in The Graduate, which came out in 1967. There are actually a couple of references to The Graduate in Bobby. The excellent book about The Ambassador Are the Stars Out Tonight by Margaret Burke, uh, who also coordinated a lot of the filming that went on at the at the hotel decades ago, points out that even the press conference in Rocky was shot here, which would make sense because just about all of the interiors in Rocky were shot in L.A., not in Philadelphia. In 1979, the Muppets filmed the star-studded CBS special at the Coconut Grove for the premiere of the Muppet movie. The special was called The Muppets Go Hollywood. But it was during the latter years of the hotel's astonishing history that filming was at its most prolific. The interior was used to double the Beverly Wilshire Hotel and Pretty Woman, in which you can actually see the Embassy Ballroom where Bobby Kennedy delivered his victory speech. It can be seen in films like That Thing You Do, The Wedding Singer, and True Romance. I don't even have enough time to talk about all the things that have filmed here over the years, but the list is extensive. I became interested in specifically in the locations from Bobby a couple of years ago when I was researching my Pasadena film tour and there was something that was unmistakably ironic about the locations from this movie filming was a mainstay here for so many years and then this film comes along the scenario of which surrounded the most most earth-shattering event to take place at the ambassador and the film almost didn't shoot here but I'm going to let my guests tell the rest of that story because it's crucial to the production of Bobby And I'm happy to be joined at Robert F. Kennedy Inspiration Park just outside the former grounds of the Ambassador Hotel by the film's production designer, Patty Podesta, and location manager, Tony Salome. Thank you for joining me here today, both of you. Thank
1: you. It's a pleasure being here.
2: Yes, very happy to do this with you.
0: Have you been this close to the property? When was the last time you were this close to the property?
1: The last night we shot here. (laughs) Uh, I've driven by many times. Uh, after we filmed, but I've not been on the property. I haven't stopped. I haven't been in this park. So actually the last night we filmed was really the last time I was on the property with such an extensive film history at the ambassador. Had either of you worked here prior to Bobby? I had, I'm sure you had. Yeah. I had done a number of things here also. Um, we did a uh, photo shoot here um, called Last Looks, the Location Managers Guild, and at that time we brought in students, uh, but it was already closed as a location, and we actually believed that that would be the last time anyone would actually get a chance to be inside the Ambassador Hotel, and it was prior to us coming in and filming Bobby. I had worked on a show called Scorched, and we made the
2: uh, lobby into a casino and worked in a little bit in the Coconut Grove and um, in the hallways. And, And I remember wandering through all of the hotel I had access to to see it. That was many years before, you know before we
0: shot here. Scorched was, I think I looked, it was 2003. It's a couple of years before. Do you remember, though, there being a big difference in what the hotel looked like when you were here for Scorched versus what it looked like when you came to Scout it for Bobby and now they shut it (laughs) down to filming at that point? Well,
2: when I did Scorched... There was still paint on the walls and not <laughs> and landscaping, and it was f- in full swing being used as a location, um, so it most of it was still in pretty good co- condition um, you We were instructed not to drill into the walls, particularly of the coconut grove because the asbestos is was very, very high, and we weren't allowed to alter or. Like I said, cut into anything. But the rooms were in good condition. The grounds were in good condition. Um, when we came to shoot, the wrecking ball had already been busy on the hotel. And But there's a little story before that, which was that they were auctioning off furniture and items that had been in the hotel uh, like the day after I took the job. And I came here and we bought a bunch of it. So it was still being cleaned out when we were allowed access to it to shoot it was still being cleaned out
0: at that point point. and wasn't the auction just out in the parking lot yeah. or something yeah just outside can you explain what did that look like being out there with all of this just stuff and furniture things from the hotel uh,
2: it, it looked like the rose bowl
1: <laughs>
2: you know the rose bowl swap meet the rose bowl swap meet <laughs> um, there were a lot of people, there were a lot of people who had fond memories of, of, you know, nights they had spent here and wanted something, a, a memento. Um, it was pretty interesting. And it was really moving. Um, also, you know, the hotel was being done away with. And it was the last hurrah of it, actually, in a lot of ways,
1: which is last moment. <laughs> and it was really um quite different from when we filmed here because when we filmed here we couldn't touch anything i mean they were so they had security they were really particular about leaving the place intact um there was some uh something that happened i remember where after we were filming here some of this Uh, some of the material from the hotel ended up going on eBay or something. And I remember the school district was really angry because they thought someone from the crew had maybe taken things. So they were really uh, very particular when we filmed here about not disturbing anything, not touching anything, not removing anything. You couldn't pick up a piece of tile. So everything that we did here pretty much had to be brought in. I mean, the art department brought in everything because there was nothing left other than what Patty had purchased in the auction. Well, and the things that we purchased in the office were, auction
2: were really used in the uh, hotel rooms, which we built on stage. So I think that we didn't have anything of the hotel. We got to shoot, as you probably know, right. the entrance with the awning and the coffee shop. And that was really all we were allowed to shoot because they were they had demolished a lot of the, rest the parking of lot we used and the, par- the, a the entrance. Giant. Yeah,
1: exactly. The entrance. Yeah.
0: And so when we say the school, just so everybody knows, LAUSD, the LA Unified School District, owned this Correct. at the time.
1: You know, it was a private location before LA Unified purchased it. In fact, um, there were several owners before LA Unified. Um, and then when the building became to the point where it was, the roof was leaking. That was kind of the. Death knell for the hotel, and that's what created the mold and everything else. So the building really became completely unusable, and the only option would be to tear it down, which was a a big controversy, of course, because of its historical significance. And uh, when we dealt with LA Unified after they purchased it, they didn't want anybody in here because they were already dealing with a lot of uh, controversy. A lot of people saying, you can't tear this building down. So the last thing they wanted is a film crew coming in and creating more publicity for a building that they thought, ah, now we've got it. No more filming. We can do what we want. And so here comes Bobby. And they're like, oh, not really. We can't do this.
0: I mean, that's crazy. And I want to. I do obviously want to get um, a little bit more into that. Patty, you have a great website and you have some behind-the-scenes stills on there. And you both brought some great uh, images with you today. But there's a shot I would imagine upon scouting where you're outside the main entrance and there's a chain-link fence in front of the main entrance and you're all wearing hard hats. What had to be done to make this this location safe so that actors didn't have to wear hard hats? Actually, they wanted...
2: The, the school district wanted the crew to wear hard hats when we were shooting. And we said, we can't wear hard hats and ask the actors not to wear hard hats.
1: They wanted the actors to wear <laughs> hard, hard hats, hats too, too. That somehow doesn't work for the film. <laughs>
2: but the, like I said, they were planning on, on retaining the coffee shop as, I think, a, um, an eating place for students. Um, and the parts of it that we were allowed in, they were, Planning to retain, so they were not crumbling, but just 10 feet away, everything was falling down or being pulled down. So we had to have monitors constantly. Um, We actually were only, you know, usually when you take on a location, you do an art department scout. First, you do a director scout, an art department scout, a tech scout, and then the art department is allowed in for a certain number of days of prep. We got one (laughs) trip inside and One day of prep to put it back together. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it was pretty intense.
1: I mean, we did wear hard hats on the scout. And as Patty said, we only had one scout. So basically we had to gather everybody and say, okay, we're only going to get one shot at this. Everybody be there and be ready. Take whatever notes you need and photos because we're not going to get to go back again until we start prepping. So normally, as Patty said, we'd have more time to kind of talk about what we need to do. We did not. Again, the school district was cooperative ultimately, but in the beginning they were nervous um, about having a film crew there. In fact, um, they didn't want us here at all. That was a whole other issue of just getting permission to come in. Yeah, that was... Well, until so the
2: other things we had to do were the awning was gone. Very, very recognizable object of the ambassador. Um, there was no landscaping in the front entrance. There was... The paint was all peeling, so we painted the entire front, um, landscaped it. I had someone rebuild the awning from scratch, and we installed it. Um, and then there was signage inside... Uh, we had a few of the actual booths mm-hmm. and the counters and all that stuff was still there, but it was kind of a mess. Had to be cleaned up, painted. Wall- we had the wallpaper. We recreated the wallpaper um, that had been there with the, which is actually at the Beverly Hills Hotel. The you palms, was, the right? Palms. Yeah. Um, and then we had to find booths that would actually fit in some, which is not, to, not very easy to do, actually, no. to find booths that are not made for a place, but will fit inside in some kind of, you know, laid out pattern. So it was a lot of work, but you know, this was a labor of love for no. everybody, all of the crew, all of my vendors, people involved themselves with the film because of the subject matter and because of the also. Exactly. And in fact, I actually wanted to say, um, when you're naming the list of of actors, they came to Emilio and said, "I want to be in your movie." It started as a very, very small movie. It was only supposed to be a couple million dollars, and it was like you know, a day in the life. And then people started getting wind of it, and and were calling um, their agents, were calling, and wanting to be in the film, and it just. Blossomed yeah.
1: into this starorama. <laughs> I mean, the importance of the film was was you know everywhere, and there were actors calling again because of Emilio. He's he's an incredible director, a terrific human being, and because of the subject matter, I remember actors calling every day. We'd be sitting in the office and. Who's in today? Call. Yeah, like, who's calling today wants to be in a movie? I remember even Bruce Willis wanted to be in the He didn't end up in the movie. I no. think he, he said, hey, I'll do anything. I'll be a cop. Wow. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Just because he wanted to do uh, his part for this film. So it was pretty amazing. Well,
0: and on that subject, I wanted to ask you about where you both were when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. I was in grade school. What do you remember about this time?
2: Uh, There are a number of horrible things that happened in Los Angeles around this time. One being this, one being the bombing of apartment buildings where the Black Panthers were, and the other being Manson. And (laughs) when I look back, I realize that this year, the year before, had a huge influence on what would later become Patty's obsession with noir Los Angeles. (laughs) Um, But that's saying it in a kind of cool way. And um, it was a very emotional and frightening time in Los Angeles. Not because I thought I was going to be injured, but it just, the world was falling apart.
0: But you also had a familial relationship with the Democratic Party, right?
2: (laughs) A little bit, yes. My it? grandmother was on the Democratic um, nominating committee, um, which I don't do anymore. But at was the she time. here for
0: any of it? Like oh, was my, she... my parents
2: and my grandparents came here a lot, and I actually relied on their stories and some family pictures of them taken, especially in the coconut grove, um, of what the of what the tone of what the mise en scène was of the of the place in the day, because we were you know recreating that the idea that the the location is a, is a character in the movie. We always say that about so many shows. In this one, it was really true. And we were yeah, trying yeah. to produce that atmosphere of um, this place at its heyday, right before it's about to, you know,
1: tank because of what happens. So. And for me, um, I wasn't living in California in 1968. I was, I grew up in the East Coast in Pennsylvania. And I, I wasn't in grade school at the time, I hate to say. Um, I was actually <laughs> in college. Uh, so it was a lot more memorable for me. Not, not a good memory, but it was memorable. I was working in the Pocono Mountains as a singing waiter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I got my start. I started as an actor. <laughs> and I really humble beginnings. Uh, so in 1968, I was working in the Poconos. And I was there that summer when we got news yeah. uh, uh, uh Bobby Kennedy being... Assassinated, and it was uh, a really disturbing time. uh, As Patty said, not just because of that, but because so many other events were going on around the country at that time. Well, and Martin Luther King King, a few months before was was assassinated as well. Exactly. So, in in the scheme of history, it was a very important time. And uh, even though many of those things that happened were not the best memories, it was. uh, something that really changed our culture here in America. And and that's another reason that the film was so important. In fact, I actually contacted Emilio after the last election, and I had just seen Bobby again, and I said to him, you know, this film is even more relevant today than it was in 2005, when we did it totally. because of the current political uh, situation. And uh, he agrees 100%. So... That event weighed very heavily on me at the time because, I, again, I was in college and I was just beginning to learn about politics and life and uh, it was very important to me. And so working on the film became even more relevant for me. And I had also... I moved to California shortly after that in the early 70s. Um, and I had the, the luxury of actually being at the Ambassador before it closed when it was still a hotel... And I remember uh going there for many they had many events. I went there for a lot of seminars and it was just a great place to be and This is long before I became a location manager. I just appreciated it for what it was as an incredible hotel historic building. Can you both describe what this hotel was like when it was actually operating?
2: hmm it's interesting you know description it it's its architectural style is Hollywood Regency, which is a little bit decadent, <laughs> and that was exactly. part of what was going on here. It was very West Coast, um, not—well, and, and actually, the, you reminded me that, that they shot part of The Graduate here, and that it's that's a very good representation of what it was uh, shot in the year that we were actually representing it, um, a place where people came to have affairs and drink a lot and <laughs> listen to— um, Frank Sinatra and his, and his people, it was, a, it was a big nightclub, country club. People came and stayed for months. There were cabanas besides the, uh, the hotel rooms where people, movie stars lived. Um, the pool was a really happening place.
0: <laughs> well, it's one thing I read in this great book that we have right here is that because at the time, celebrities didn't live in these crazy big mansions, their house, things were smaller so this was a place for them to come outside of their home, because they didn't have all this sprawling space inside of their houses. So I found that very interesting um,
1: about, the grounds. The, about the grounds in the hotel. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, uh, the word iconic is used over and over yes, again. Yes, it is. But for this hotel, that's truly, um, it was an icon in the city of Los Angeles. And, you know, as a location manager, I, I kind of thrive. On architecture anyway, you know, I mean, when I see old uh, buildings and, um, you know, iconic uh, places like the Ambassador across the street, we have the Gaylord, which is another, you know, in this Mid-Wilshire area, we have a lot of iconic buildings. And we the men- Brown Derby was right and here. And the Brown Derby, Derby, yeah, and <laughs> Perino's. Yeah. I mean, this area was a, a hub of uh, entertainment and culture in in the heyday of, of Hollywood and L.A., and there's still many of these buildings left, but unfortunately, we're losing a lot of these buildings, too. The Ambassador was not the first to be lost, and it's certainly not going to be the last, and that, to me, is very sad. How did Bobby find its way to both of you? Wow. Uh, you know, I... I can't tell you that. I'm just gonna say that I was in the right place at the right time. And I believe that, you know, I had been, I started out in features. That's all I did originally. And then I got sucked into TV for a number of years. And when Bobby came along, I can't remember how I got there, but I got a call and they said, Emilio Estevez is directing this picture about Bobby Kennedy. And the night he was shot at the ambassador hotel and it was like that's all it took i knew i wanted to be part of that film i didn't know what the budget was i didn't know who was in it but that was plenty for me to get me interested
2: it came through my agent but i don't know how or why i do remember when i got the script and and read it i I wanted to do it so badly. And also because I'm a native Angelino and I really wanted to do justice to this place and to the, and to the history. And, um, had a couple meetings and, um, and, and like Tony, I remember the budget was so small and I knew it, it was going to be, pulling your hair out in an impossibility. And I said to them, I don't care what the budget is. We will figure it out and do the best job that we can. I will do whatever it takes. And um, I think that was a turning point in them hiring me. But there was also another turning point after after all of these A-list actors signed on when it was very clear that there wasn't enough money to do justice to it. And I went to the producers and said, you know, you're going to end up with this great movie to sell with all of these names in it, and it's not going to look like the Ambassador Hotel. And they actually came up with more money for production at that point. It was an interesting, evolving
1: situation. I have to say, if I haven't already, uh, Patty was a miracle worker (laughs) Uh, in the sense that not only did we film at the ambassador we only filmed here for uh, two or three days and it was limited uh, to the areas that we used because the hotel was being demolished so we know the story how she was able to take a building that is being demolished and turn it into a looks like a functioning hotel in its heyday that is quite quite a an accomplishment but then you have to realize we could only shoot here for two or three days. Now we had a whole movie to make. So we had to go out into Los Angeles and find other locations that would double for the ambassador for the areas that we could not film here. Right, And there were quite a few. So not only did Patty, I'm giving her all the accolades here, <laughs> did she make the ambassador look like the ambassador? She made other places look like the ambassador. And, and we shot in other period buildings Uh, but to take those buildings and make them look like they're part of the ambassador and to make it seamless. We're moving from room to room to room, and you think you're in the same place, which is the Ambassador Hotel, and that's a marvel.
2: Well, and Tony, you were a big part of that because you actually knew we were maybe going to uh, shoot at Hollywood Park, which was a really great match for the kitchen, and then they
1: kicked us out because they were busy. (laughs) <laughs> By the time we got around to shooting there, they started running horse races, yeah. <laughs> so we had to go to a different location, and we ended up in Santa Anita, another wow. racetrack. In Santa Anita. I don't know why, but it worked out well also. Well, you know why. Well, I, I know why. Because
2: Emilio used to go there and to... play the horses, and so they were
1: really happy to host him. But I think
2: it's
1: a great thing. I wasn't going to bring it no, up, no, but, but that's yeah. A,
2: but I mean, he was well known for this. Yes. I mean, he lo- it, it was a... Uh, you know uh, uh, something he loved he loved the horses he didn't just love betting and they loved Emilio so here again you have it was it was a a big imposition on a a working a working racetrack to host to give over their kitchen to a movie crew for a number of days days and nights and it was partially their love of Emilio that got them to do it so. he
1: and he is the, uh, he is the luckiest guy when it comes to horses he would say hey tony give me a number one to ten and i'd give him a number and then he'd go to to patty and say hey patty give me a number one to ten and she'd say three then he'd go to lisa our producer and say hey lisa give me a number one to ten she'd say six he'd play the trifecta he'd win ten thousand while we were shooting
0: what he was winning, while we're tony. shooting yeah did he put that into the movie? I, mean, no. did. <laughs> I don't think so. We no. had a lot of
2: jokes about that. Okay, you did the overages
0: for today. Thank Help you. Help us with the awning for the for the hotel. <laughs> they paid for that movie
1: one way or another. That's yeah. hysterical.
2: And then the last little tiny bits that were so impossible, which was a place to do the coconut grove yes. and a place to do the pool. Tony found those in Agora. Uh, of all places, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember you telling me there's this black box theater. I think we can make it. And I was like, "What?" And then <laughs> I went and looked at it. I was like, "I see what you see, and we can do it here." Mm-hmm. And then we found this pool. You found this pool at a tennis club, exactly. That with just a little bit of building and and some CG was a total match.
1: So
0: the pool was that also the tennis court or was the tennis court somewhere? The tennis courts were there. The tennis Pool and a, the tennis. It was course.
1: actually Lindera Country club, okay. club. out in um, Agora. Yeah. Because we shot the Coconut Grove at the Canyon Club, which is still oh, a, of course. a uh, music venue out in yeah. uh, Agora. I've been and in there. Who would have thought Never <laughs> <that laughs> it was the guessed. Coconut Grove? <laughs> Never would have well, guessed. Well, only totally. because Patty made it the Coconut Grove. <laughs> That's amazing. But it worked out well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. On Location with Jared Cowan is proudly supported by... My Valley Pass is the most complete online visitor's guide for the San Fernando Valley. For the first time, all the best that the valley has to offer is just a click away. My Valley Pass also offers four unique bus tours that include famous film locations, local breweries, historic restaurants, and bizarre valley oddities. Follow them at MyValleyPass and at MyValleyPass.com. That's MyValleyPass.com. So Patty, you are a native Angelino as we as we touched on. And you have some there were some recollections of one of Emilio's earlier movies shooting sort of in an area that you were familiar with. Can you tell me about that? Well I
2: grew up in for part of my life in Hacienda Heights when it was a brand new community and they shot men at work in the city of industry, which is adjacent. And I remember my niece who was they were living my brother and my niece were living with my parents in our family home at the time and she was very excited about it. And I think she went to the shoot. Um and but I wasn't there. I was I think I was in college then. Away. Well also
0: too, I think we got you gotta remember I mean Emilio was like a heartthrob kind of guy. I mean he was part of the Brad Pack, you know, so all of a sudden he's directing a movie. Now I can imagine people wanting to go and see all of that happening for sure.
2: When we were shooting between Emilio and Lindsay Lohan, we had people hanging around on the edges of everything. We had to have police some days, stuff like that. It's interesting that it was Lindsay Lohan who was the big draw, but but you know, he is a movie star. Absolutely, it was actually something that uh, very sweet that his producer Lisa Needenthal said to me. Um, you know, he's very serious director and uh, is, and talented. Uh, and she said, but occasionally you'll see the movie star part come out, which it's really <laughs> charming. You know, he's really aware of of himself in, in a space um, with other actors, and he's very very um, generous, and then also aware of himself.
1: It's very sweet. <laughs> but you know the thing about him though. Emilio Estevez is that he's so unpretentious and genuine he's the average guy you know and he's really good on location with other people he's very open to meeting people and friendly you know it's like your neighbor and you're like hey come on in I'm making a movie and you know he's very welcoming not just to the cast and crew but anyone he's just a uh a terrific guy and he's the kind of person you want to be around not just because of his creativity um, and his enthusiasm for life and many different issues but because he's the kind of person that you really like in life you know he kind of uh... is every man in a way and he fights for that in his scripts um and the projects that he directs i don't know about the projects that he's as an actor in. Um, Certainly not the early ones, but the projects that he writes and directs, you can tell um, a lot about this guy. And uh, he's humble and just an incredible person to work with. And a project like this with Bobby, because of its significance, you could tell that he had a, a burning passion for this project not just because of what he remembered as a child um, but you know his his father martin sheen had a very uh... direct relationship with bobby kennedy and ethel kennedy and so this was a tribute not just to bobby kennedy but also to his family i think what was it like scouting around with emilio he was again he was like your best buddy you know we get in the in, initially we didn't have a uh... quote scouting van because budget-wise so. He would be riding around uh, in my vehicle, my personal vehicle, and Patty, too, and we'd go to places. But, you know, the first thing that I remember, we were on a scout one time, and I said to him, hey, uh, you know, we've been out for a few hours, and you want to stop and get lunch? He's like, oh, no, I brought my lunch with me, and he has a little paper bag, you know, <laughs> and he's like, can we just pull over somewhere, and I'm going to eat my lunch? Well, it just kind of blew me away because I'm like... This is a big Hollywood star and now he's directing this picture and he brings a brown bag on the, on the location scout. I'm like, I've never worked with anyone like that before. And that's the kind of person he was. And that's why he was able to attract all this, this talent too, because People just loved the guy. They wanted to be part of the project, but also they wanted to be working with Emilio because they trusted him and they knew that he would be the kind of director that would nurture this project. I want
0: to hone in on the hotel as a location because Emilio says on the DVD featurette that he was writing this movie, trying to get this movie done for like five years. And then I think he says, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, I guess, you know, but... Because God has a sense of humor, when we finally got the financing, they stopped allowing filming here at the Ambassador Hotel. So, take me down the, the road of, of this. <laughs> what yeah. we know
2: of it. He was turned down. Exactly. First. And then Emilio had to go in front of the school board and uh, present his case for shooting this and the importance of, of the story to Los Angeles and to the world. And, um, and I know that, uh, many other, uh, Hollywood dignitaries backed him up. Um, I think the mayor did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a big political thing and there were two factions. There was the LA Conservancy who wanted to maintain the hotel. And then there were a, a group of interested people who felt that the best thing would be to raise it completely. And I'll let Tony address that. too. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was, um, a challenge from the beginning because, um, as you say, um, the school district had the property, and they basically said, no more filming. We don't care what it is. There is going to be no more filming at the Ambassador Hotel. And they were fighting some, some controversy, so they didn't want to open the door again. And they also thought if they opened the door and let anybody in, no matter who it was, it would then give other companies, say, well, you let them in. Why aren't you letting us in? So that was like, No. There will be no filming at the Ambassador Hotel. And they were starting to work on the property too. Correct. So you know, exactly. years before we shot here. Yeah, and and when Emilio wrote it, as you say, he he expected to do the whole film here. Well, it took a while to get it together, and by the time he did, it was closed, no filming, and he was completely uh, upset by that. But he was determined that we would film something at the Ambassador. It was so important for him and for this film to be filming at the location that this event actually occurred and he wanted to do more actually but ultimately we only filmed here a few days but it took uh, a a number of meetings where he had to go to the school board and the project manager and plead really how important this location would be for this film and uh, it took a while but they did agree that if nothing else, this film would be the best way to say goodbye to the Ambassador Hotel. It was only fitting. And they did agree, but they limited to how much we could actually do because they didn't want a lot of filming. And the other things we were limited because there wasn't much of the hotel left that we could actually film in. So- I and mean, then
2: this is great story about, and Emilio told me himself, about him being at his parents' house, um, while this was going on, the, the pleading to shoot here, and his father being on the phone discussing, um, with other people that, that they should raise the building, um, that it was the mo, it was the proper thing to do. It was the, the best memorial that could happen to the school. And Emilio sitting in the room, like, throwing his hands up, and finally his mother interrupting her husband and saying, you know, your your son wants to shoot a movie there. <laughs> and, uh, and Martin did turn around, and and uh, he lessened or stopped um, his plea to raise right. it at that point. And, um, and <laughs> he wasn't against Emilio. I think he was just on this... Um, path with a number of people that this was the best thing to do to the hotel. And he wasn't really thinking about, wait, my son could shoot his movie there just before nobody, you know, the last thing, the last part.
1: Yeah, Martin Sheen had a relationship with the Kennedy family, a personal relationship. And after this all occurred, he maintained his relationship with Ethel Kennedy. So the family really wanted the place raised. And uh, so Martin was just trying to uh, honor his relationship with the Kennedy family and trying to help them in any way he could. And uh, in their request to have the building raised, not knowing that Emilio wanted to film here. So once he did find that out, uh, he became very supportive. He was in the film um, And he was always supportive of the film, but he actually backed off on, hey, we need to take this hotel down to, yeah, we should be filming there. What are your
0: opinions on what should have happened with the building? Do you think it should have been saved, or is it the exact, the, the proper memorial to have taken it down?
2: I don't think it could have been saved. I think the structure was too far gone. It would have to have been completely rebuilt in, you know, mimicking the style and the days of something like that happening in Los Angeles are, have never existed and are gone. Being sort of pragmatic about it, I don't think that that was possible. Have I heard things about if it's a good school to attend? I've heard mixed reviews about the property and how it functions as a school. So is it, what is the best way to honor Bobby Kennedy? It's to do good deeds exactly
1: you know i um i'm with patty the hotel was too far gone um well before we came in here it was too far gone you know there were mushrooms growing in the carpet in the coconut grove um there was mold everywhere and without getting too much into the politics of it you know went through seven several different owners um Donald Trump owned it at one time and was going to... He wanted to tear it down and actually put his own hotel here, his own Trump Tower here in Wilshire. And when he wasn't able to do that, he continued to let it be used for filming, but he didn't do any maintenance on the building. They didn't want to put any money into it. And that was really the beginning of the downfall of the hotel. Up to that point, it still was viable, maybe could have even been saved. But the minute the roof went and the rain started coming in, That was the end of the hotel, and it reached the point where it could not be saved. So that was unfortunate, um, and it just deteriorated from there. As far as a fitting memorial, I don't know whether a school was the best um, memorial. A bad one. And schools are great. Um, I would have just preferred a park if they're going to level it and some kind of a memorial to Bobby Kennedy, uh, and maybe a way to preserve... Um, the history so that people coming here would really know what happened. We're now living in a time where a lot of people don't even know who Bobby Kennedy was, unfortunately. And it's too bad because if you listen to his speeches, they're more relevant today than they were in 1968. So I think that's the tragedy of tearing the hotel down, putting a school and not using it as kind of a teaching tool for you know, everyone who comes by here so that they know what really happened here and what Bobby Kennedy was all about.
2: That's why we have the film.
1: Maybe yeah. the film is a fitting memorial.
2: And, you know, the number of times it appears in, in other films too. It's maybe it's, Absolutely. it's best remembered on, on celluloid.
0: <laughs> was the embassy ballroom gone by the time you were here? Was that part of the, the yes. demolished? It had parts been of
2: underwater. That? Oh one thing was remember that yeah. most of the hotel was remodeled after 68 mm-hmm. just to remove the sense of what had hap- what had occurred all of the carpets were different pillars had been reclad so it didn't look like it did in 68 when we in uh, when we were shooting
1: anyway which was one of the challenges yeah and the coconut grove had gone through a number of, of transitions remodels. over the years well before the hotel closed so you know um it was one of those uh, venues that because of the performers that were there, they would always change. I had heard stories they had monkeys there at one time. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of things that happened in that hotel uh, <laughs> over the years. Um, so when we came in, it had, even if it were still functioning, it would have looked a lot different than
2: The um, iconic... Um, fresco that's above the stage. Yeah, that was all gone when we, were, by the time we were here. Also, the kitchen was still pretty much in, intact,
1: but um, they didn't actually allow people in there. Yeah, they wouldn't even let us oh. go down into. That was all well walled off because they even when it was a filming location, they didn't want people going down there because of the historical significance. I had been there a number of times, but you had to have a special had someone accompany you down there because they didn't want people going down there. Again, they were honoring the wishes of the family and the family didn't want people going down into the kitchen and gawking about, oh, this is the place. Um, So it was really off limits even when it was a filming location.
0: You can see, I made reference to Pretty Woman earlier and that's obviously before you guys were here, but you can see those frescoes still at that time. So they filmed that probably in like 89 Right, right at the right time of the hotel, right? Yeah. yeah, that's like... Because at that time, even the lobby still looked really good. Like, the lobby looks really good. They're in that ballroom, yeah. and you can see those frescoes above them. Um, I would recommend ch- checking it out if you well, haven't I watched would, Pretty yeah. Woman in a while. I
1: would, uh, I, I would like to go in there, into the school at some point, and see what they've actually kept. Because they were supposed to keep the Coconut Grove... And uh, convert it into an auditorium for the school. They were supposed to keep the coffee shop and convert that into a either faculty lounge or a student lounge. Um, so I would like to but see that was it. That, that was, was it. the
2: plan. The rest of it was going, going to be to, significantly yeah. changed. And it was raised and significantly changed. Um,
1: they were supposed to save the pantry, at least some of it, just for historical sake. But I have no idea where that is, and I don't know if anybody does really, or if it was saved. Somebody. We touched on the fact that you obviously had to double the hotel
0: at other locations. You only had a few days to shoot here, and you couldn't, a lot of it was gone already, so you couldn't even film all the scenes that were needed to have take, taken place at the Ambassador. The majority so,
2: of the film was not shot here. <laughs> right,
0: right. So one of the places you went was the Park Plaza Hotel, now called the MacArthur, another very very well used filming location. It, it's got a sweeping staircase in the lobby that is seen in countless things. Which so, we
2: walled off. Yeah, yeah, I noticed. Well, I
0: noticed that specifically the camera never points that way at the at the where would the staircase would be. Um,
2: it's Gothic. It's Spanish Gothic, and I, as I said, we were trying. You know, it's Hollywood Regency is is not Gothic. It's more Federal and modern. The only places we really Considered were the Ibel Theater, which is right down the street, yes, and um, we did go to Castle
1: Green in Pasadena, and Castle Green, but that was not. That's also that is no that didn't Gothic. Really. Also, and we limited what we shot there. Yeah,
2: well, we ju- yeah,
0: well, Castle Green, we just that shot the is, hotel room. That is the location, like I said at the beginning, that kind of got me into this. looking at the story of Bobby and the locations because you see Emilio out on the lawn there where they do a lot of weddings, you know, and you see the building's iconic bridge that at one point stretched across Raymond Avenue to what was the Hotel Green. Now just the annex building is still there, known as the Castle Green. And you see this bridge. And I'm wondering, though, it's really kind of featured. Like, you really see it in the background. Was there anything like that here at the Ambassador Hotel? No. And I actually tried to get them to not shoot that bridge.
2: (laughs) But that's my job. And it doesn't always go that way. And, you know, Emilio... They wanted to move the camera in a certain way, and that's, you know, the way it goes. But, you know, we were mainly there to use one of the rooms. It was a re- It's a retirement home, and we used um, someone's apartment to do the scene where um, it's Emilio, and they have to throw a television out the window right. and it has to oh, land on that, the grass. Yes,
1: the television so comes that, out the window. You know,
2: that's something that you can't produce on a small budget um, on stage. So that is actually why we went there. Well,
0: I was going to ask you about that because there is a shot, and I imagine there was some Visual effects with it in nope. the editing. No no. It went through the window because yeah. there's a shot that goes yeah. from the lawn all the way up and through the window. We replaced the window a-
2: with it with our own window. Wow! And the <laughs> and through the that's a great shot. It's
0: a great shot, and uh, <laughs> I I was wondering how that was done, and it was practical. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> there, but, I think there's the only visual effect in the film. Is a long shot of the hotel,
0: right? Yeah, there were some wide shots of the hotel, and then uh, <clears throat> things like the pool with the hotel in the background. Yeah, that, that. yeah, because like that. we didn't obviously shoot here, yeah. right? And then you mentioned something else. To, you mentioned something else about. The front here, there's the shots, uh wide shots of the main entrance. Like, With for instance, where you see all the all school stuff, buses. Yeah. But the building, the main building was matted in. You didn't even use we, yeah, we the actual building that was, building was, that was it,
1: there. I mean, while we were filming in that area, at the at the turn turncourt area, I mean, they had dozers on the other side pushing the building out through windows. Um, so we couldn't look <laughs> many, many directions, honestly, in the film. So we did have to do I uh, do
2: have a picture of... Our set and then a little wider, the wrecking ball right next to what we what we recreated. <laughs> the, funny. the park
0: plaza, though. Tell me about that. I mean, it. if you're familiar enough with the ambassador and you were saying the architect, the styles is completely different. What were your feelings about going into the Park Plaza as was, a double? It was
2: the only choice, and the and the lobby area, if we walled off the stairway, was quite good. We had a lot of walking, walking, talking scenes, um, which you actually, you know, designed for by by um, timing out how long they need to be. And it was one of the, it was the only place that gave us that. There's a scene where um, Harry Belafonte and and Anthony Hopkins are in the restroom, and they walk out, and they walk through, and then they. Walk into the lobby and sit down, and that's what we got there. I mean, that was why we, we, we chose that place because we could get this long shot there. So, I, um, you know, the, the carpet in the lobby in the 68 um, was not red, it was turquoise. But everybody remembers this red carpet that came later. So I let that go and I thought that that could work in a way of making a composite of people's feelings about the hotel, not just what it actually looked like. We reclad all of the pillars yep. and I, and used a lot of drapery, which actually was very in tune with what the um, lobby looked like. We recreated this um, big mural that was there and the front desk and we made it into what it needed to be. I think if you, were to see it in big, wide shots, it wouldn 't necessarily play, but in the way that the way that Amelia was going to shoot it it really
1: it really works yeah again, <laughs> you know Patty was a miracle worker throughout the film. Um, and taking these other locations that weren't the ambassador and making them match as best as possible was quite a, quite a feat. And um, she and her art department did an amazing job but in doing the, that. getting the sense of it, getting
2: the atmosphere of it, more than matching it exactly.
1: Correct. I mean, and that's what the film was about, too. I mean, the film was based loosely on, well, it was based on the actual incident, of course, of Bobby Kennedy being assassinated. But the other characters, some of them were not, Based on fact. The woman uh, who, you know, Emilio, when he got the idea to write the play, met the woman who actually was at the at hotel on that night. And that's how he got thinking about there were a lot of people at the hotel and what were their lives like that night. So that's how he got the idea. So there was a lot of uh, poetic license taken to create some of these characters. So the locations also weren't. A hundred percent accurate when it comes to the ambassador, but the ultimate effect of what was done and what was seen was uh, effective I think and it had impact and that was the important thing for the film we well knew- I've
2: done this a number of times in my career now and th- there's always this moment where you have to choose between trying to reproduce it exactly or a, or trying to produce the sensation of what it of what it was like to be there. And I actually think the sensation is more important than the documentary um, recovery because that the documentary can be very deadening. And you really want to imbue the spaces and the way you can move the camera through them and the way the actors feel in the spaces with a kind of liveness. And that is actually, I think, what we managed to do. Our exactly. ambassador was a recreation of the liveness of the, of the hotel.
1: And the other thing is, too, I hate to say it, but, you know, the budget rears its ugly head. And uh, if we had more time and we had the option to go anywhere in the world to shoot this film knowing we couldn't shoot the whole thing at the ambassador, we'd have had a lot of more options. But because we did have a limited budget and limited time to actually prep this film, at some point you have to say, okay, this is probably what we need to do to make this film. And everyone had to make concessions. Every department had to make concessions. Wardrobe had to make concessions. Art department had to make concessions. The Location department had to make concessions. But that's part of filmmaking. Sometimes you have to do things maybe that you would do differently if you had more money and more time, but we didn't. And so we made the best picture possible with what we had, and I'm still proud of this film. I think it's a it holds up, and it's a terrific film.
2: One of the things I chose to do was we built a group of hotel rooms on stage in... Santa Clarita. It was three hotel rooms and a ha- and a long hallway connected to it. And they had to work for all of the hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. We redressed them, changed some th- little bits around, and it, you know had to play for what five or six different kinds of hotel rooms. And so I painted them all neutral, which was not what the ambassador was about. The ambassador in the 60s, the rooms were all these funny pastel colors. It was beautiful. But we didn't have the time or the money to paint and repaint, particularly the time, because we would turn it over overnight into a different hotel room and we couldn't have done it with the paint. So that was a um, a compromise we had to make. But I remember Emilio, when he was editing the film, I went and visited him a couple times and I remember him telling me... like. It totally works, Patty, and it doesn't make any difference. You still have the feeling mm-hmm. of being in the hotel rooms. And that's what we were, you know, that's the, ch- the challenge.
0: <laughs> the kitchen is obviously crucial. Um, <laughs> what specifications did the kitchen need to have? What were you looking for in this kitchen uh, location?
2: Built in the 50s, the 40s to the 50s, and not remodeled. Yeah. That's really...
1: A period kitchen was essential uh, because we couldn't shoot at the ambassador. We knew we couldn't find the exact um, layout of a kitchen. Um, you know, the ambassador, the kitchen, the pantry, you know, a lot has been said through history about how that all worked, you know, where Bobby Kennedy came from. He came through this door, went through the pantry. So we knew that we would be limited as to finding a place that actually would have the exact uh, layout that we needed, but we we definitely wanted a period kitchen and we wanted something large enough that we could believe we were in a major hotel like the Ambassador. And- well, and
2: a lot happens in the, in the kitchen with the busboys who are like the main, in a certain way, the main characters of it. So we um, built the pantry and the, and the walkway that leads from the, um, from the embassy ballroom to the pantry. And then we everything else was shot um, at the Santa Anita racetrack.
0: Did you, by chance, because it's the same architect, did you, by chance, ever consider the Huntington Hotel for anything? Was that... Because certain aspects of it do remind me of the of the Ambassador Hotel. I'm very familiar yeah, with the yeah. Huntington.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I, I believe we did look at a number of things. We actually... Uh, we were going to actually do some filming at the Biltmore Hotel downtown oh, also. Yes. But again... You know, that no, they budget. wanted
2: to charge us so much yeah. money
1: that the producer actually got angry and he said, I'm just going to give you the same amount of money and you're going to build it instead. Right. You know, we wanted to find the best locations and we did look at a lot of those places. But ultimately, um, we decided to go where we could get the most for the money because, again, it got to the point where, OK, we can, you know, we're going to have to spend our money somewhere. And the Park Plaza Hotel, we ended up being there for a good two weeks, I yeah, say, weren't it's we? it's a compromise. Plus the prep and the wrap. Uh, but we actually filmed there for most of the film, and we didn't have to move. And that also became, you know, when you don't have to move and you sit in one location for a few weeks, it doesn't end up uh, costing you It also had that money. big
2: bank of windows, which was the same situation, condition that the um, real that the ambassador lobby had and we were really interested in that and it has a patio outside of those windows that you can push light through so you can shoot there day or night as day and that was really that's a really important possibility for a production when
0: you were here at the ambassador casting crew all around did you get the sense that uh there was a great deal of respect from everybody who was there as to what went on here and what was the feeling like being here for those few days.
2: <laughs> the scenes shot in the, in the uh, coffee shop are with the youngest members of the cast and meant to be irreverent. They're oh, on yeah. They're on drugs. Right, right. <laughs> so that, that was a little bit more of a party. But the scenes we shot outside, where they're um, gearing up to go canvas, and all, particularly the scene that is at the end of the film, where everybody is under the canopy and he's been shot, that was a particularly... um yeah.
1: And didn't we start with that?
2: No, I think we started with the morning of. Oh, right. When there's supposedly a fire drill, and we started with that. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there was definitely a sense of reverence with the the cast and crew, because everyone was, I think, very aware that we were standing on the spot where this happened. And that was, again, Emilio saying, this is why it's so important. He felt that that would translate... um, to the cast and crew and in their performances. And, and I believe that it did because even the younger cast members, maybe they weren't familiar with history, but you can't come here and stand on the very spot where they took the body out and not feel a sense of reverence and, and also realize that something very important in history happened here. That particular
2: that scene where they bring out the gurney and put it in the back of a, um, the paramedics and drive away was was, what, very... Was somber. Somber and respectful and emotional.
1: You know, uh, Emilio is a terrific director, and it's not just directing actors, where to move, what to say, how to handle a scene, but it was important for him to engross the whole casting crew in this experience. He wanted everyone to feel what he felt, the passion about this project and also the importance of the event and how uh, much of a loss it was when we lost Bobby Kennedy. So when we were filming up in Santa Clarita Studios, we were on stage, we ended on stage. Um, there was a time where uh, he incorporated a lot of footage uh, and he had a... Uh, Bobby one of Bobby Kennedy's speeches and if you remember it um, was very powerful and he wanted the whole cast and crew to To hear This to see what went on and we had this little monitor on stage And he's like we can't we can't put it on that little monitor We need a giant monitor and no one's gonna be able to really get the impact of this And I remember he was fighting the producers like no we can't have another monitor He's like then I'll go buy my own monitor, you know because it was so important for the whole cast and crew to to experience this. And that's the kind of director he is. It wasn't about that particular scene, but it was like he wanted everyone to say, yeah, this is what this film is about. What does it feel like for both of you looking at your careers
0: and having the experience of doing this and knowing that this was the last
1: project that was filmed here at the Ambassador Hotel?
2: It's an honor to have done it.
1: Yeah, there's a great sense of pride. I don't know, as I said before, how I got involved initially in this project, but the minute I got involved, I was totally engrossed in um, the material, in the cast, in the crew, in this part of history. Uh, The fact that we got to film at the Ambassador Hotel, where it really happened, um, was uh, just something that I will never forget. Um, as Patty said, I'm honored to be part of it. And I think years from now, when I look back at this film, I'll still be honored to be part of it because it's something that will live on for forever. Really, um, the ambassador hotel and the events of that night because of this film that we made. When you think about your career and the projects that you end up being involved in, you don't always have a choice. I mean, sometimes you always have a choice, but sometimes you do films for different reasons. Um, I like to think that I've done projects for the right reasons. And this certainly was a film that I did for the right reasons. And um, it will always be one of my favorite films for uh, for that reason alone. Uh, because regardless of the Success or failure of any project. It's what you remember is what that experience was and how it's going to affect other people's lives. And for that reason, I'm always going to be proud of this film. I really want to thank you guys for
0: coming here and doing this today. I, um, you know, like I said, I was removed from this time period. I was born 12 years later. But um, looking at it and looking at that archival footage the other day, as you referenced, Tony, especially now, maybe more so than when the movie came out itself. But now, um, it really struck a chord with me. And I think if you have seen this film, you should go back and rewatch it. If you have not watched Bobby, you should watch it. Uh, it'll make complete sense to you why I'm telling you that right now. Thanks again for coming.
2: Oh, you're Thank you for sure having welcome. us. It was
0: great. Thank you. And, uh, for more on our show, please follow us on Facebook at on location with Jared Cowan on Twitter at On Location PC And on Instagram at On Location Podcast You can get info on our film tours At OnLocationPodcast.com And if you're interested in historic hotels That have been used in film and television Take our film tour at the Langham Huntington Hotel In Pasadena Designed by the same architect That built the Ambassador Hotel uh, If you're interested in sponsoring On Location with Jared Cowan Email us at Jared at OnLocationPodcast.com Until next time Thanks for joining us on location. In
2: the close line,